thank you for another opportunity to gather in fellowship through breaking bread with your word. Father, we just thank you on this evening for this opportunity to give you worship, not just with our lips, but with our time by feasting and meditating on the words and the principles that you have prepared for us. We thank you for this new season that we're going into in this new lesson series on stewardship so that we can be better stewards over everything you have entrusted us with. Like how last month we talked about being better stewards over our bodies, and now we will be talking about how to be better stewards with our time, our treasure, our talent, every single thing you have entrusted us with on this earth realm to bring increase to the kingdom. And for this, God, we thank you. We thank you for just blessing our leader, our pastor, as she goes forth with these teachings. We thank you that this will be a revolutionary, much-needed series that will just open our eyes and minds and change our perspective, shift our perspective, so that we can continue to operate in your kingdom with excellence, oh God, because of the things that you are blessing us with, the things that you are entrusting us with, the people you are entrusting us with in the days to come, that we will be more than ready and not getting ready, but that we will be all truly prepared for everything that you want to place in our hands and in our hearts. And we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Minister Josh. We're going into our lesson in series on stewardship. So before I get started, I want uh, I want to go uh, technically around the room, right? I want to go around the room, and I want um, I want everybody to just give me their thoughts, their opinions on what stewardship is. For me, stewardship is being trusted with something that doesn't belong to you, but taking care of it as if it does belong to you. So, Minister Josh is all up in my notes today. Uh, let's first talk about steward, a steward. A steward is someone who has been entrusted to care for something as if it was his own, knowing full well that it belongs to another. Did it again. A steward is someone who has been entrusted to care for something as if it was his own, his or her own, knowing full well that it belongs to another. We have to realize that every single aspect of our lives, everything that we own, every relationship that we have, every resource that we have, we are stewards. And I know a lot of times we like to think that we are in control of our lives. We are not. We're not in control of our lives. We may have earned some degrees. We may have some jobs where we make some money and we feel like we can do this and do that. But the truth of the matter is we should be seeking God. Let me not get too ahead of myself. But everything that you got from your education to your resources to your family to your job to your gifts, talents, your ministries, all of that, you were entrusted by God through the agency of the Holy Spirit, with everything that you have, what you must know and understand, it all belongs to God. Your resources belong to God. Your family and loved ones, they belong to God. Your job belongs 
to God. Your home, it belongs to God. Nothing that we have, it, we are not owners of it. We are stewards. God has trusted us. So what is stewardship? Stewardship is the practice of a committed life to God as a result of godly perspective through the resources that God provides. Let me say that again. Stewardship is the practice of a committed life to God as a result of godly perspective through the resources that God provides. Another way of saying it, we are committing to God to live our life in such a way that we care for everything in our in our possession, right? It's our possession is not our ownership. We possess it because it's been given to us. We are operating in a way that we understand, well, because of our understanding that it belongs to God, that we are honoring God with everything that we have. We, are, we have a godly perspective about everything that we have. We have a godly perspective about our relationships. We have a godly perspective about our finances. We have a godly perspective about our time. We have a godly perspective on all of our situations and circumstances. We have we have a godly perspective concerning everything. We we keep in the forefront of our minds again that all that we have belongs to the Lord. All that we are, we belong to the Lord. And I see a couple of y'all having some Challenges with the free conference today, but that's all right. We're going to keep moving right on forward. So, again, um, and with, with stewardship in mind, um, what we're going to go through these next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about time, our talent, our treasures, our temperament, our tongue, and our temple. Again, we're going to talk about our time. We're going to talk about talent. We're going to talk about treasures. We're going to talk about our temperament. We're going to talk about our tongue. And we're going to talk about our temple. And I feel like saying that just one more good time. We're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about stewardship of talents, treasures, temperaments, tongues, and our temples. Because, again, those are really the, the major categories, the major categories that God has gifted us um, that we are in possession of that don't belong to us. Again, a steward is one who has been entrusted. And I want to go to Matthew 25 really quickly. I didn't put that on the screen, but Matthew 25, we see the principles of stewardship unfold with the parable of the talents, right? Matthew 25, 14. We're we'll starting around, four. I'm just going to read the whole thing, 14 through 30. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who calls his own servants and delivered his goods to them. You need to know that God has delivered his goods to you. Mm -hmm. Your finances, your time, your talents, your treasures, your tissues, your tongues, your treasures. And treasures are, are not uh, just financial things. Your family, your loved ones, those are treasures. We, we are called to treasure them, right? God has delivered his goods to us. 
to take care of. And God and God gives us these things. God gives us access to His stuff with a with it, and we are um, we are accountable for our spiritual return of investment. We are in account, accountable for what we are giving back to God from what He has given to us. We are accountable for how we invest in the resources that God has given us to be stewardship over. But let me not jump ahead. Um, let me read the scripture. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who calls his own servants and delivers his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. And he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one and dug in the ground, went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with him. So he, ha so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talents from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We, as, as, as called stewards of God, we have to be mindful that we are operating in a way that we are increasing or, or causing what God has given us to increase so that when God calls us to the beam of seed of Christ, when God calls us home, that there is an account, that there is evidence, that there is fruit, that we not only appreciated the fact that God, you know, gave us the ability to be stewards, but that we did something that we, we 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 allowed what he has given us to grow and to be manifested into the earth realm, right? We are stewards. We do not have the right to decide, especially with our time, when and how we're going to operate or when and how we're going to glorify God with what he has given us. Because, again, first of all, let me say it this way. God don't need us. As good and sanctified and holy and intelligent and gifted and all of that, some of us are. He don't need us. God chose to use us in his plan to manifest 
his will on this earth. But let's be very clear and make it very well known that the same God that called everything into existence at the beginning of time, the same God that thought it and spoke it and it was, is the same God that can still speak it and it will be. So technically, God doesn't need us for anything to come to pass in this earth realm. He chooses to use us. God chose to partner with us so that the gifts, talents, and abilities that he gave when we operate properly will play a part or as we participate in, with a godly perspective will play a part with allowing his will to be manifested on this earth realm. He gave us stewardship just like he did with Adam and Eve. When he made the animals, he told Adam, listen, I'm going to make you ruler over these things. That was him giving mankind stewardship. And to this day, God has been so gracious to us that he has given us the ability to be stewards. But what do you, nope, nope I'm not going to go yet because I'm, I'm about to skip ahead in my, in my uh, lesson and I don't want to do that. But look, just like this master gave unto his servants to be stewards over what he possessed, is the same way God through his Holy Spirit freely gives unto us for us to manage that which he has given us. Again, we're not stu we're not owners. We may possess some things, but we're not owners. We're stewards. God has entrusted us. And what better way to show someone that they they did not make a mistake. What better way to show God? You didn't make a mistake, God, in giving me stewardship over these things. What better way to show that gratitude than by operating in a way that brings about growth, that brings about change, that shows our gratitude. So let's get into time. Does that make sense so far? I had to move some stuff around. Y'all forgive me working with this computer here. Time. So what is time? Stewardship of time. A time period or interval as between two successive events, the thing that is measured as seconds, minutes, hours, days, years, etc. Simply put, in the natural time is the interval in which we gauge minutes, hours, days, seconds, and years. It is the time that has been allotted to us. It is the, the resource that has been allotted to us uh, to indicate or to help us keep track of the, 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 the time that we have here on Earth, the, the space that we are allowed to operate here on earth. Biblically, time is a resource God gives us in order to accomplish his will for our lives and his kingdom. I'm going to say that again. Biblically, time is the resource God gives us in order to accomplish his will, not ours, for our lives and his kingdom. One thing that we got to understand, yes, God allows us to uh, have vision, to have goals, but our goals are supposed to line up with God's will for our life. Our purpose is to line up with God's will for our life so that ultimately through the work that we do, we are accomplishing God's will for our lives. That is, that is not just 
assigned to ministry. A lot of times people think that me accomplishing God's will for my life has to do with ministry. No, you accomplishing God's will for your life is in the totality of who you are. And if you are his child, it should reflect kingdom work. Everything that we do should be reflecting the kingdom work that God has called us to. So what that means is while I am at work, I am asking God, what is your will for me in this Space. What is your will for me in this job? What are you trying to accomplish through me in this job? It may be that God may have you in that space for you to give a word to that cantankerous coworker, but if all you can focus on is how much that person gets on your nerve, you're going to miss out on accomplishing God's will. If all you can focus on is how much you're not making and what you're not getting and what you're not doing, instead of asking God, God, what do you want to accomplish? Because this is what I understand. You allow me to be in this for a reason. You allowed me to be in this job for a reason. You allowed me to be in this ministry for a reason. You allowed me to be in this family for a reason. You allowed me to have this specified amount of time to accomplish your will. God, what is it that you want me to do today? When we wake up in the morning, we should be setting our day, not goal setting our day, but spending time with the Lord. You can't set goals for your day. You can't set an agenda for your day. Not properly. If you are a child of God and you get up in the morning and you go through your checklist of what you want to accomplish to the day for the day and you have not consulted the Father, you are out of order. And I know it's real easy for us to get caught up in the rigmarole, however you say it, of, of, of the routine of our lives. Because we got a routine. We get up, we, we, get, we wash up, we make the bed, we get dressed, we go to work, we eat breakfast, we take the kids to school or whatever it is that we have to do, right? But you can't let your life, and, and, and I get, you know, we want to make sure that we are... We have certain benchmarks for our day. But even with that, if you haven't started with the Lord to ask God, what am I doing with my time today? How do you want me to be productive today? How do you want me to produce? In, in the specified amount of time that you've given me, how am I to produce my time, talents, tissues, treasures? What do you want me to do with those things? We got to understand that all of our, all of the resources and all of who we are and all of what we have are connected, right? So during the course of the day, I need to be asking God, God, at what, in what particular way do you want me to honor you by honoring my treasures? God, how do you want me, how do you want me to set the tone of my day to set my temperament? And we'll go through that in, in another lesson. God, how do you want me to structure this day? I know what I'm used to doing, Lord, and I know how I'm used to settling my day, but how do you want me to settle this day? God, I drive to work this particular way. God, is that... I know that's my normal route, and that's the easy route, but is that what you have for me today? God, do you want me to get up a little earlier today and have a longer conversation with you? God, is there somebody that I need to 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 reach out to, to pray for? It, reach out and just send a comforting word to reach out. God, what do you want me to do today, every day? And we're so quick. You know, we love, we love to, to shout out scriptures. It says, to seek ye first the kingdom of God. But if you seek ye first the bottom cup of that coffee, you, you are out of order. If you seek it first, your planner, because you got your to-do list from the, from the task you didn't complete the day before or the week before, you want to write down what you want to do today, but you haven't consulted the Father, you are out of order. 
If you haven't asked God, even when I go to work, what do you specifically want me to do with that span of time and that seven, eight hours that I'm in that particular facility, or even if you work from home, God, how am I to structure my time to accomplish your will? God, show me your will even in the midst even in the midst of this attack, show me your will in the midst of me writing this book. Show me your will in the midst of me doing this job, completing these tasks for my job. God, show me your will on my way to drop the kids off. God, show me your will in the midst of this conversation. God, am I even supposed to have this conversation with this person today? Is this conversation going to waste time or is it going to uh, allow me to invest time? And I've just kind of skipped ahead. You, you got to realize that because time does not belong to you, you can't spend time with everybody. You can't waste time with anything because when we do, we run the risk of missing godly opportunities. We run the risk of missing godly opportunities. Now, i got to say again, we're not we are responsible for managing our time. That's all we're responsible for doing. And it can only begin by talking with the master because we don't control time. And I know from my analytical controlling people, we, we think that we don't control time. That's why so many of us find ourselves running out of time. You ever, you ever wake up with good intentions to do certain things and then find yourself running out of time? Usually when you find yourself running out of time, it's, it's usually because you weren't good at preparing and planning to spend that time wisely or you have failed to spend time wisely. And like they say, once time is spent, is lost, you can't get it back. And too many of us, thank you, Holy Spirit, too many of us are in a season where we are mourning time wasted and we're trying to catch up. But because we haven't gotten past mourning what we didn't do when we should have done what we were supposed to do, and now we're mourning and it's like we are backed up on so much stuff, God is like, get over that already. I'm giving you a new dispensation of time. You can't go back and rewind it. It's not back to the future. You can't go back in time and rewind, you know, uh, and, and gain back anything that you missed out on. Recognize the mistake. Recognize where you were. Recognize where you messed up. And keep going. Keep pushing forward. Keep doing this day. Seek me for this day. All right, you go, you messed up yesterday. You wasted your time. And I can't talk about nobody else, but this is why I'm glad we are in the season of fasting and consecration. Okay, so now, yeah, you know what? I, and here's the thing. It was like, God, I, I seem to have more time to get more stuff done. And it was like, no, you're just more focused and you're not wasting time. Because, see, we like to we like to say, oh, I deserve downtime, and which we do. You deserve time to unwind your brain to shut things and people out. We deserve that. We need that. We need to have moments where we breathe and just don't do nothing. Right? But too often, we take advantage of that breathing time. Maybe not y'all. I'll talk about me. Oh, I'm just going to be on here an hour. I'm just going to scroll Facebook for an hour. Three hours later, you're like, oh my God. Now you're scrambling because you didn't invest your time wisely. And I'm going I'm to get to that more a little bit. But you can't spend time with everybody. There are some people that you love 
that you want to be with, but if, that, if, if spending that four or five hours with them every week or having that hour conversation right now when you know God has specifically given you an assignment and that there is something pressing that you have to do, having this hour to two-hour conversation with your good, good girlfriend or your good friend, is, is although the conversation may not be sinful, if it interrupts anything that you have to do for, for God, you're out of order. It's a waste. And sometimes we think, well, the conversation isn't bad. We're not talking about anybody. We're not putting people down. We're talking scripture. We're praying for each other. We're lifting each other up. But if it's interrupting what God told you to do for that day, it's out of order. Then if you're spending time with people who are not godly and who are not encouraging you and who are not, you know, lifting you up, you are wasting time. Now I'm not saying you don't spend time because, I, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, well, if they ain't Christian, I can't talk with them. I can't spend time with them. That's foolishness because of how you going to disciple. How you going to, how you going to deposit a seed in somebody you don't have no conversation with? I don't care if they Muslim. I don't care if they cuss 24-7. That ain't your business. Your business, when God tells you to spend that time with them, when you have that opportunity, whether it's family, whoever, your your job is to show up and in that span of time present God to them in your conversation. Present God to them in, in your fellowship. They may, you know, do whatever they do. That doesn't mean you have to do it, but it also mean that you have to cancel them or push them away because they operate differently than you. Because you'll miss your God opportunity. There have been times when I realized after the fact that I missed a God opportunity because I was so busy trying to make sure what I wanted to do in the course of that day got done. And I missed the voice of God saying, but I, I wanted you to, to go outside and do X, Y, and Z because there was somebody that needed you. But God, I got to follow my laundry. I can't have no, I can't have this stuff all over the house. God was like, yeah, but, but I told you to go outside. I told you to go have this conversation. I told you to do X, Y, and Z. I told you to stop wasting time. You, you are complaining to me about not, God, I need more time to fulfill this stuff. I gave you the exact amount of time that you needed. You're mismanaging it. You can't spend time with everybody, and you can't waste time with anything. We don't have any time to waste. I preach this Sunday. We are out of time to waste to say, God, give me time to get it together. We out of time. The bridegroom is coming. That's still in my spirit, y'all. The bridegroom is coming. God is shifting and doing so many things in the season. We, we can't keep sitting by saying, okay, God, I'm going to get it together soon. I'm going to finish the project. Soon. And I don't know why he's choosing to beat me up on Bible study, but it's all right. I, I'm going to finish this soon. And God was like, soon was five months ago when you were supposed to do it then. You keep saying soon, you ran out of soon. <laughs> and it wasn't because you didn't have the time, but you got distracted. And sometimes we get distracted and we waste time by, by legitimate issues. But we waste time with even legitimate issues because we haven't brought the issues to God. We get so stuck in complaining about stuff that we deal with that we waste time with the woe is me mentality. And God is like, if he will stop staying in his woe and me mentality and worship and work instead, you will get so much more done. You will see the manifestation of what I said come to pass. 
So some of us need to move from that what was me mindset and, and learn how to push through in the spirit and do the work and worship and watch the manifestation of the Lord come to pass. Stop saying you don't have the, and that's another thing. Change your mouth, change your faith confession, change your work. Your word confession. Stop saying what you don't have. I don't have the ability to do. I don't have the time to do. I don't have the resources to do. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. You got everything and you got access to everything that you need. But maybe you're wasting time trying to just enjoy life or, or wasting time scrolling, minding somebody else's business instead of taking care of y'all. Oh, I'm going to leave that alone. All right, Lord, here we go. I don't know about you, but I don't want to continue to be in a place where I might miss out on God opportunities. I don't want to miss out on godly opportunities. I don't want to miss out on what the Lord has for me. All right. Any questions or comments before we go any further? If you're on the phone, you can start sick. If you're on the computer, you can unmute yourself. Nope. All right. Under, let's see something in the chat. Oh, okay. Understand that you do not own time and therefore must seek permission from God on what to do with it. Let's go to James. We're going to go to James 4. One James four, thirteen through seventeen. Uh -oh. James four, thirteen through seventeen. <clears throat> Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. Hmm. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good, and does not do it, to him it is a sin. Help Jesus. We can no longer continue to walk in willful arrogance by, by putting off what God has called us to do because we feel like we have time. You may feel like you have time, but the truth is you have no idea how much more time. None of us have any idea how much more time we have on the earth. My prayer is that all of us have many more years to come to continue to do the work that God has for us. But there's not a single one of us on this line that knows without a shadow of a doubt how much more time we got. This year alone, help me, Jesus.
this year lost some people very close to my heart, young people, my age, not even 50, but my brother was 50, another young lady, young, young preacher, had just turned 44, I believe. And suddenly, like the word says, a vapor, they were gone. Gone. My friend, Dr. Kimberly Credit, online that morning, preparing for her conference before the middle of the day. My brother, Kevin Miller, spoke to him that morning. Since I'm not feeling good, pray for me. I got you, bro. 25 hours later, his wife was calling to say, he's gone. Both had so much aspiration and love for the Lord to do the work of the Lord. And I didn't talk to Dr. Credit as much as I should have, but I talked to my brother and because and, he had had a heart attack uh, a month or so before. And he was like, sis, we don't do this, sis. I got so much to do. You know, God want me to do this book. You got to get your next book out. We got so much ministry to collab on. Me, you, the wife, and the hubby. Yo, we got this, sis. Hmm. And all of that work, all of that passion, all of the assignments that God had gave them to do that they sat on cannot be fulfilled. I don't want any one of us to take time for granted. And when I was younger, you know, I used to hear some of the older people say, God willing, I'll see you tomorrow. And when you're young, you're like, that's stupid. Why are you saying God willing? You here, we're going to see you tomorrow. But now, I get, God willing, like the scripture says, if the Lord allows me to see tomorrow, I'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. But Lord, thank you. If you allow me to see the next day, if you allow me to see the next hour, help me to fulfill that which you have given unto me. Right? And here's the other thing that with, with understanding that we don't own time. No, no, I'm not going to go ahead. But we, we got to understand. We got to seek God on what to do with the time that we have. I, and I believe, and I'll tell anybody that will listen, I believe in asking God for, Lord, don't take me out of here until I'm complete. Lord, give me the energy, give me the wisdom, give me the ability to accomplish everything that you have for me. Lord, give me the wisdom how to plan my day. Lord, pull my coattail, Holy Spirit, if I'm if I'm found wasting my time. And I'm gonna get into the discipline. Sometimes you gotta recognize when you are or are not disciplined to do certain things. And certain tools you need to put in place when you recognize I'm not that disciplined. I get easily distracted. But you gotta understand, you gotta go to the Lord. Don't I don't want any of us to be arrogant and think that, oh, uh, we can push off and procrastinate what God has for us to do. The Bible says that that is boasting, that is arrogant and boasting. Here's, here's, watch this. 
Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. What? You know how much of a gut punch that was me? Because this is how the Holy Spirit said, every time you procrastinate, you sin it. I'm like, wait, but I ain't sleeping around, and I ain't getting drunk, and I ain't cussing, and I ain't punching people in the throat, and, you know, I'm not lying on folks. And I'm not gossiping, and I'm not doing this. What you mean procrastination is a sin? It's a sin because you know the good you're supposed to be doing, and you ain't doing it because you're wasting your time. It's a sin. For this verse 17, the application for me was, and the application I'm going to drop in your spirit again, procrastination is a sin. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and you choose not to do it or you waste time or you don't invest time or you don't make sure that you're doing what is necessary to do what God has called you to do, you are sinning. (laughs) Woe unto us. Any questions or comments before we move on? Everybody's quiet on me. Nope, okay, let me move on. You don't get out of here on time today. Y'all quiet. See if I can figure out how to move my slides. <laughs> All right. Another principle. You must walk with wisdom and be watchful over how you walk concerning the use of your time. Again, we must ensure we are investing time and not wasting it. Sorry. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Walk with wisdom and be watchful over how you walk concerning the use of your time. Ephesians 5, 5 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. Um, Auntie Max didn't, didn't create that, y'all. That's biblical. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise and understand, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. If you don't understand anything else, we are living in Revelation days. We are living in the last and evil days. And we can not be unwise. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, meaning that you are intentional. It's almost like a, a, a landmine and that you are watching your feet as to not Land on a landmine. When you misuse your time, it is a, uh, it is like almost like, thank you, Holy Spirit, uh, a landmine because you will find yourself, again, wasting time. And in in depending on how much time you waste, it will it, it has an explosive type uh, 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 trigger or trauma to the things that you were called to do that you now find yourself being unable to do. Your, how you operate in your time says a lot about your appreciation and respect of time, and it says a lot about your character. How you operate in your time. Are you always late? 
Are people always calling you? Are you on time? Are you always lying saying I'm 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 on the way? You still in the house? You ain't even dressed yet. <laughs> what does your current mode of operation concerning time say about your gratitude to God, your self discipline, and your respect for others? When you are not mindful and when you do not operate with godly wisdom, it shows your lack of gratitude concerning time. Here's why. Because God did not have to give us another day. God does not have to wake us up in the morning. He is not obligated to give us the next minute. He is not obligated to give us the next breath. Every breath, every minute, every second, every hour, every day, every month, every year is a gift. So when you waste time, what are you saying about the gratitude? When you keep pushing things off, when you keep failing to stand up and operate in your assignment, what are you saying about the gratitude that you have for God and the fact that he has granted you another breath, another another second, another minute, another hour, another day, another month, another year? What are you saying to God? When we don't operate properly in the time that we have been allotted, we are saying to God, yeah, gee, well, I, I guess I'm thankful, but I'm going to do whatever I choose. No, that's not gratitude. Gratitude says, you know, I'm going to be mindful that this was gifted to me. And because I'm I'm grateful, you ever give you ever give somebody a gift and you find out that they either took it back because they didn't like it or they never took it out the box or they never use it? It's like a slap in your face, especially if somebody that you love, especially if it's something that you gave them out of your heart because it's something you really wanted them to have that you treasured and you gave it over to them, expecting them to treasure it as much as you treasure it. That's what all of our stewardship, all of the things that God has given us, that's what it means. When when we operate properly in our time, we are saying, God, I thank you. I treasure the fact that you, that you have given me this precious treasure of time for me to use. So when you waste time and, and when you don't do what God has called you to do and we give excuse after excuse of why you can't complete stuff, you're literally saying to God, I don't treasure this time that you have given me. Then it also speaks to your level of self-discipline. Because you can't say, I don't know what to do. God, God, God gives us the wisdom. God has given us the principles in his word. Sometimes we go through things that cause us to to be lackluster in some ways is what I want to say. But you got to know, okay, God, I lack the discipline. Show me myself, God. Because what we like to do is we like to give ourselves excuses on why we can't steward our time better. God, you know, I got these kids. God, you know, I'm sick. God, you know, this job is overwhelming. God, you know, I'm tired. God, you know, I don't have the energy. God, you know, you know, you know, and you know. And God is like, yeah, I know, but do you know? Do you know that there are things that you can do when things seem out of order to get things back in order? I can only pick on myself, so I will. One of the things that I had to do because I recognize, my listen, my day starts mad early all the time. So when I get off work, when I get off my nine to five, when sisters, I feel like Bernie Mac, when, when this sister take a break, I be wanting a break. I don't want to look at no books. I don't want to read nothing. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do nothing. I want to 
want to do no projects. I want to do no assignments. Can't be truthful with y'all. I'll be struggling with classwork. Lord, I'm tired. I'm strained. These people at this job, these assignments at this job. I'm tired. I've been on this computer all day. I've been in meetings from nine to four. I'm tired. I want to talk. I want to look at the computer. I want. I want to sing on my phone. Oh, I want to laugh. I want to talk to my girls. I want to have a conversation. I want to unwind. Because I'm like, okay, go ahead. I'm like, yes, thank you. So be mindful, daughter. Be wise. What tomorrow do? She don't be wise some days, y'all. <laughs> Look up. It's, I, I, I got on social media at, say, 6.30. It's 10 o'clock. I don't waste all these hours. And then I'm mad because I got stuff to do. And I know I got stuff to do. But what do I do? I give my skills. Lord, you know I needed to unwind. Yes. But where's your discipline to say? You say, daughter, that I want you to get the glory out of my life. But how am I getting the glory out of you? Wasting time. You didn't invest time scrolling. And there's nothing wrong with it, even sometimes being here and there. But when it's a habit, when you have a wasteful habit, you need to then go and ask the Lord, God, help me recognize that I have made an excuse for myself to be wasteful and not invest in this and not invest my time wisely. And when you lack, because here's the thing, sometimes we're at a place where a lot of things could be going on and you may lack that self-discipline. God will give you tools to help you stay on track. You can either get an accountability part and be like, listen, text me or call me at such and such a time. Because I'm going to take this nap or I'm going to unwind. But at 8 o'clock, I really need to get up because I got work to do. If you don't have anybody that you can call, guess what they do? They have tools in your phone. I have a tool. I have a thing set in my phone. After an hour on social media, everything shuts down. Everything. Everything shuts down. Everything shuts down. Oh, I say everything, everything. On my phone, on my tablet, so much so sometimes my grandson have to come and be like, Nana, unlock, I, I was watching something on YouTube and everything just went off. And you have to ignore the limit for the day for the baby to play, play with it. But I had to do that for a while because I was like, I'm not disciplined. For us, we're in this, this corporate fast. My fat, my consecration from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. is away from social media. So I have to tell people, don't inbox me on Messenger because it's too tempting. Because then I might scroll over to something else. Tell my family. I'm consecrated from 6 to 12. So outside of watching stuff on YouTube, if you see a, a good encouraging sermon on Facebook, see if, it, see if they got it on YouTube and send me that link. Have people that will hold you accountable. But whatever it is, ask Holy Spirit to show you, are you investing time or are you wasting time? Even in your downtime, even when you find yourself with downtime, what are you filling your downtime with? Are you filling it with things that can further your business, further your ministry, further your life, or are you just filling it with things to make you feel good or to appease your flesh? And a lot of times that's where some of us get into trouble because we aren't mindful about about investing our time in godly things and we default and fall into ungodly things because we weren't wise enough to watch our time, to watch our space, to watch our connection. And that's what God is saying. You gotta be wise. You gotta be wise. You have to walk with wisdom concerning our time. 
concerning who we spend time with, concerning what we do throughout the course of the day, concerning conversations that we have, and we'll get into that in a minute. But what are, what are you saying about your gratitude to God, about treasuring the treasure that he has given you? What are you saying about your character and your discipline? Then, what about your respect for others? If you constantly show up late to an event that we have or you constantly show up late to things that we're called to do, what does that say about your respect of other people's time? Because when it comes to uh, uh, things with other people, when it comes to things outside of yourself, right, you're, you are now infecting or impacting somebody else's time. What are you saying about your respect of their time? your respect of their personhood. It is disrespectful to be consistently late on purpose and you know that it affects somebody else. And I know you might be saying, oh, it wasn't on purpose, I just ran out of time. But if you didn't properly prepare, you did it on purpose. Don't say, oh, I wasn't late on purpose. Did you know what time you're supposed to be at this event? Yeah, so why you wait till an hour before to start getting ready? You did that on purpose. You might not have had an ill intent. You might not have had the motive to be disrespectful to their time. But if you didn't plan properly, you are purposefully disrespectful. You are purposely dishonoring their time. Any questions or comments before we move? I'm on my last slide. I said we're going to be done at 8 o'clock tonight. No questions? The comments? No? All right, let's go to Ecclesiastes 3. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. To everything. There is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Know that everything you experience at the time, everything you experience happens at the time it was destined for. As a good steward, you must use every lesson, pain, and joy experienced in them to grow you for God's glory. We make the mistake of saying, I can't believe this is happening now. Why not? <laughs> to everything there is a season. And here is what prayer and communication with the Lord does. When you have consistent prayer and communication with the Lord and you hear from the voice of the Lord, I promise you the Lord will tell you when something is about to happen. Sometimes we feel like, I can't believe this is happening now because we haven't been in position with God enough that we can hear God tell us or, or, or feel God preparing us for something. Even if he doesn't give you the specifics of about what's to happen, God will, there will be a nudge in your spirit to say, daughter, son, stick close. Daughter, son, something is about to shift. Daughter, son, pay attention. It may be inconvenient to us when some things happen. There is nothing ever inconvenient to God. God knows 
when everything is going to happen, how it's going to happen, who's going to play a part in it going down, just like God knew Judas. Jesus knew Judas was going to be the one to betray him. <laughs> he still didn't get off task. He said the time is at hand. Some of us have to be like the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When things show up in our lives, instead of complaining, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, my God, how why is this happening right now? The time is at hand. The time is at hand for me to have to deal with this betrayal. The time is at hand for me to deal with this issue. The time is at hand for me to deal with this financial strain. The time is at hand for me to deal with this sickness. The time is at hand. When you have a different mindset, you have a different ability to handle things. Some of us can't handle things because we have not accepted that certain things are going to happen. And because of because we weren't expecting it, because we don't like that it showed up, because we weren't prepared, we don't learn the lesson. And unfortunately, what happens is when we are unaware that there was a season and a time a time for every season, and that there are times for us to go through pain, to go through heartache, to go through joy. When we fail to realize that and we fail to embrace the lesson in this season, some of us have gotten left back and been caused to repeat some seasons and repeat some things because we still fail to get the lesson. And you keep asking God why this keeps happening. And he's like, well, because you keep refusing to learn the lesson. I keep trying to show you. I keep trying to grow you. I keep trying to mature you. But you want to whine and complain about what's going on. And by no means am I saying that some of the things that we deal with is easy. It is absolutely not. Some of the things that we go through are downright hellish. It's painful. It hurts. You know, you, you want to give up. All of that. I get I under trust me. I understand all of that. But at the end of the day, God is like, well, do you trust me? James says, count all joy. When you fall into various trials, there are seasons for trials. There are seasons for temptations. There are seasons for attacks. There are seasons for trouble. There are seasons. There is a time and a season for everything. But what we have to do is ask, Lord, God, show me the purpose of this happening in this time. Show me the lesson that's associated with this issue in this time. Show me the level of growth that you have ordained for me to accept. To walk in in this time God show me What it is that you're trying to cleanse me from In this time God show me what it is you're trying to change In my life at this time We can't continue To, to stay at a place where We complain about What's happening in this time But we have to Be willing to submit and surrender ourselves so that the Lord can bring revelation and so that Holy Spirit can help us walk in the application of those things. Because the time is at hand and we can't, we just can't afford to waste time. We can't afford to be distracted and waste time. It's time for us to invest our time wisely according to God's will and God's purpose for our lives. And I don't want anybody to, I don't want God to be displeased with anybody because we operate in a way where we don't show him we treasure the time that he has given us by grumbling and complaining or by trying to push off or procrastinate 
or be arrogant and sin and not even realizing we sin in his flesh. You know, I read that today that really I was just like, what? Therefore, to him who knows to do good but doesn't do it, he is sinning? I was like, hold up. <laughs> what? So don't think about that. We think as long as I'm not doing particular sins, as long as I'm not operating outside of the will of God, as long as I'm not walking in certain things, I'm good. No. If you're not walking in the will of God, if you're not completing those assignments, if you're not doing the good that he has called you to do in that day, if you have not sought his face on what good he wants you to do for that day, guess what, boo, you sin into? God forgive us and help us. Amen. It's 801. Anybody got any questions or comments? Y'all quiet? I know class is like today. No? All right. I'm not going to hold you. No. <laughs> What's the face for, Josh? <laughs> Amen. Listen, I got my wealth too. Heck, I'm still putting cocoa butter on my wealth from Sunday, but that's another conversation for another day. I just I just want us to leave this line making sure that we're operating in such a way with our time that we're showing gratitude to God, that we're learning how to be how how to increase our self discipline and that we're showing respect for others. And I had to today repent from all three. I had to ask the Lord to forgive me for failing in all three of those categories at one point or another. And I told about years ago, I'm talking about in this season of life, Lord, I'm sorry. And I gave myself justifiable reasons. So I was like, girl, ain't nothing but excuses. Stop. Like, you're right. You are absolutely right, Daddy. And even when we are overwhelmed and even when we have a lot going on, you know, we have to ask God. If some of this stuff, me or you, and when he says is you and ain't what I tell you to do, we ought to be willing to cut some stuff off. But this is what I love. Because I asked those questions. I was like, because God, I got a lot going on. So maybe he was like, nope, every single one of them I gave you. I was like, oh, you sure? Because, I mean, I could cut one or two and it would give me more time. He said, no, you could discipline yourself better. Stop wasting your time. Then I tried to get sick, and I'm just going to tell myself, I was like, well, I'm just going to sit here. He said, so you're sitting here, and, and me and Deke had this conversation, and I promise I'm going to get to it at one point. We had this conversation last week, I think, or the week before, because I have, I have insomnia, right? So sometimes I just can't sleep or I don't sleep well. And I will clear lay up in that bed and don't do a single thing. And he said, why don't you get up and do some work? What? In the middle of the night, I'm tired. My brain ain't functioning. So I was like, well, if I'm talking to you at 2 o'clock in the morning, well, you need to be getting up and writing down what I'm telling you. And I'm like, God, but I got to get up at 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning. I work in the morning. I don't know why you can't talk to me in regular daylight saving time between 9 and 5. Jesus, why we got to have these conversations in the middle of the night anyway? You know, 
see, I go, God, you know, I gotta get up early. And I was like, I do. And I'm, and you need to know, you need to get up early because I want, I'm gonna have these conversations with you. So when you do get up, you know how to use your time. I was like, right. And I, and, and even, again, I'm just sharing, I'm just sharing because this is what Holy Spirit is saying. When Deacon and I first got married, she, we are total opposites with time. I'm an early bird, Deacon's a night owl. And when we first got married, I used to get upset. Like, why are you getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning working? You need to be here in the bed with me. And da, 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 da. Until I realized that's how he operates. That's the time that works better for him. So I even recently had to ask him to forgive me because I didn't respect his time. Now, here's another way of disrespecting somebody's time without even recognizing I wasn't purposely, you know, um, trying to discourage him, but I in, inadvertently discouraged him for doing what was normal and, and needed for him because it wasn't normal to me. It ain't normal to me to be up at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning working, go to bed like a regular person, go to bed. We get up, we get up early in this house. We go to bed early and we get up early. God was like, I didn't wire him like that. He go to bed late and he get up late when he's not working. And that's that's how he operates. That works best for him. And I had to ask for his his forgiveness and, and, and repent to God and say, Well, I disrespected his time because God wired him to operate differently than me. And even when it comes to somebody else's time and respecting their time, respect the fact that if they do something differently than you, it's okay. It's team late bed, late lives working. L listen, you work best that night? I, I, I still don't try it again because, listen, because I realize I'm wasting time laying in the bed trying to fall back to sleep. I might as well get up to work. But can I be real? You know. And whoever watches the replay, y'all know, you know, I'll just, I'm just, I tried that one night and I think it was a night I was supposed to stay to bed and I got up and I wrote a whole bunch of stuff down and I was so excited and woke up in, 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 in the morning and it was scribbled. I was like, the blood of Jesus. So the Lord had told me one time, well, Pastor, just, you know, you could talk your notes out in words. And I said, oh, that'd be better. I'm going to show you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick drawing. I'm just telling on myself. And then Deacon Jermaine going to close us out and pray. He's going to be mad at me later. I was so excited. I'm like, I got up. I did some work. I don't know if y'all can see, can you see that. That's what my stuff looked like. I was like, Jesus, you told me to get up. And write this on that. I don't want, what is that supposed to mean, Jesus? But realizing that there's tools and resources that I can use. So I said all I have to say. Make sure that you, when you're operating in your time, you're showing God gratitude. You're on time for things. You're investing your time wisely. You're not wasting time because you want to show God that you are grateful for the treasure of time that he has given you. You want to learn that, okay, I need to be self-disciplined because even my self-discipline shows the gratitude towards God that I have the ability to properly manage my time. And then you want to show respect to other people. I had one friend that I was like, I don't, I hated inviting her anywhere because she was late. Like, I know I'm late, but I'm five, ten minutes late. And I recognize that that's still disrespectful. If you're late, you're still disrespectful. It doesn't matter if it's a little late. 
I had one friend that was like, girl, you supposed to be here an hour ago. You just leaving your house? And it was hard to explain to her how disrespectful that was because she didn't have a, a mindset of gratitude when it came to time. Don't be that person to somebody else. That's all I have. Join us in a moment for prayer. Deacon Jermaine, can you close this out in prayer, please? If nobody else has any questions or comments. Father God, please, we come to you humbly asking you to please let tonight's Bible study class fall on good ground. Please let us understand the true meaning of stewardship. Please let us understand the way to be great stewards the way you need us to be. Please let us not lean on to our own understanding, but follow your role for being stewards in each and every way, in each and every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.